Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Well, hello, everyone. This is Tom Russell, and I'm here with Powell Slaughter, and we are proud and happy to uh, be um, introducing our next Homefront podcast as part of the On the Record podcast this week. And um, Pal, it's good to, good to see you again. Yeah. All right. You know, um, one of the things we've been following lately, um, uh, me and Tom, is some of the developments in um, downtown High Point um, that are going to Looks like people are going to be taking a little bit better advantage of their showrooms um, versus twice a year here. There, you know, there's a lot of investment on the part of vendors in um, in these show spaces, and they're kind of underutilized. One might think, um, you know, for most of the year. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's there's a there's a big dynamic going on. Um, of course, with the pandemic, um, people are figuring out new ways to do business, and this is all part of it. And um, yeah, we've got a, a pretty special guest here who's got his finger on the pulse of everything going on in downtown High Point, and that is Tom Conley, CEO of the High Point Market Authority. Yeah, welcome, Tom, and uh, we're glad to have you this week on our on our program. Thank you. It's nice to be with you and nice to see both of you. Yes. Yeah. It seems like uh, we're here November 24th, um, just, a, just a little over a month past market. And the last big thing that we participated in at the tail end of market was the High Point Market Authority meeting over which um, you and the board members presided. And uh, it was kind of an interesting discussion. Could you share a little bit of some of the insights from that, Tom? Yes, um, we reported to the board on at least some preliminary numbers on, on how the market went. I think all of us uh, from a board perspective and frankly, most from an industry perspective, we're glad that we were able to have market. The, the uh, political and COVID situation was just right. And, 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 and uh, kudos to my colleagues here who put together a great plan that was presented to the, the county and eventually to the state that allowed us to have market. Uh, yes, it was down in terms of number of people, but um, it was just just great for the community and for the industry to be able to to have market. And then we went on after the board meeting to talk about some of the em- em- emerging trends that we're seeing um, in and around downtown. As I think you and your listeners know, there have been a uh, a there 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 has been rather a showroom association that's been in place for gosh almost forty years. It's a group of and it's vacillated from maybe 30 to 50 different organizations who are targeting prim- primarily interior designers um, to come to their showrooms once a, once a month and to shop and to have some education, et cetera, et cetera. And <clears throat> recently, there have been two other efforts that uh, have sprung up. Um, one, both conversations occurred prior to market, and I wanted to make sure that the board was aware of that. 
One of them is a, a group of about 20 exhibitors called High Point by Design, HP small x uh, D. And uh, these are exhibitors that uh, will that are selling to both brick and mortar as well as to designers, but they're primarily, I think, interested in talking to designers. And they want to be open what, what they call all year round, long, but they are going to try to drive traffic on an event basis. Um, and then, uh, Paul, you've done a great job of uh, covering uh, for your readers um, this whole idea of First Tuesday, which kind of sprung up uh, with a few of the exhibitors that were primarily interested in brick and mortar. And I think it, it came up as a result or, or as a response to the COVID situation. But, you know, nobody's really sure what's going to happen post-COVID. Uh, we have an industry that is uh, suffering some supply chain issues, some new product introduction issues. Um, and as you said at the, at the intro, Paul, there are people that are looking at their total dollars that they have invested in their in their showrooms and saying, how can I maximize that? So there's a whole bunch of issues that everybody's kind of facing. And we were just really um, excited to see the potential for better utilization of these showrooms, more traffic to High Point on an ongoing basis, because that certainly helps the economic impact of market, which we've been talking about. And uh, all of these things seem to be a real complement to, to market. We don't see them to, uh, as, as much of a conflict. And um, I guess I would remind you, and Paul, you've covered it so well, that uh, the pre-market that we had in fall, 326 exhibiting companies where we usually have, what, 60, 70, 80 most, mm -hmm. um, you know, the world is upside down. Part of it's, part of it's because of, of covid but I would contend that uh, part of it is just an industry that has perhaps been a little lacking in its uh, creativity in terms of how to do business. And, and the COVID situation has just exacerbated a rate of change that is that was coming a long time anyway. Um, one of the things that I'm wondering is, you know, we do have this COVID situation. There's talk about a vaccine. Um, there's a lot of people are worried that this is going to be kind of like become it's like a second flu season, you know, with um, down the road, you know, potentially having to develop different vaccines each year. So, it, but it strikes me is that, you know, people are figuring out different ways to do business. Um, is, is from your perspective, at the High Point Market Authority, what are so, or do you see some of this stuff having some real staying power down the road? Um, so we kind of have some templates for, for I guess, um, what we, we could, could call remarkable situations here. Um, is it, you know, what, what, what's the long-term impact of, um, of this, of what's going on now on, on markets in general and the way the industry does business? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, when, when I first got here almost 10 years ago, and, and, and I had been here before, so I, I wasn't new to the home furnishings industry, but um, over the course of these years, had a chance to speak to a lot of groups that are unrelated to the home furnishings industry, not the least of which are the legislators and the, the people that provide a, a lot of our funding. And for, for, for folks not in the, in the home furnishings industry, the question always is, you mean that they pay all that money for rent and they only use it a couple times a year during the, the market time. And I said, yes, that's sort of the tradition that's grown up in the past 111 years. The market dates have changed. 
There was a time when there were four markets a year, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we've sort of settled on this April and October, but even so it's a huge investment for most of these exhibitors. And I think uh, to your point, Paul, the whole COVID situation has forced people to rethink that coupled with other issues that we just talked about. And so, yeah, there, there, there is a huge opportunity, I think, to um, use these facilities on an ongoing basis. Um, whether or not we will return to some sense of normalcy after or whatever normalcy is after the COVID situation goes away, I don't know. But clearly with the winter approaching, with people being very concerned um, about large crowds, that, that, that these sort of smaller events uh, are very helpful to folks if they need to do business on an ongoing basis. And then you, you know, you, you add to that the supply chain issues and the opportunity to, to introduce new product. I've heard some, you know, some companies say into a typical year, they might come to, and it depends on the size, obviously, but they might come to market with 15 or 20 SKUs that they're going to want some buyer input on, and they may end up uh, actually producing five or 10 of those. Some, some, some come with a hundred different, different SKUs that they would show to the buyers and then they'd make adjustments and produce a, a portion of it. Those days, from what I can tell, at least right now, are pretty much over. They're much more selective in the kind of product that they're introducing and they want some feedback on. So being able to talk about current supply chain issues, show some intro, introductions early on. Um, and for some people, this is an ongoing process. Um, and with the supply chain lengthening, I think it's a great idea. You know, this, 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 this market is a very big market. It's certainly not a homogeneous market. It's not going to be right for everybody. But, you know, um, there are some opportunities out there. And, 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 and I'm talking primarily now brick and mortar. From a designer perspective, I, I'm also seeing a, a large enough mass of exhibitors who want to see designers. And that serves two purposes. Number, number one, it, it, it allows us to approach this design center concept, which is something I thought we always should have looked at um, from, a, from that standpoint. And then secondly, um, I, I, uh, I really believe that, that, that there is this opportunity for designers who are perhaps are new to market to come and, and sort of test drive market on, a, on a, a less busy basis. In fact, we're talking with some of the, of the uh, sponsors of, of from the showroom association standpoint of doing a boot camp for designers so that we can encourage designers who might be overwhelmed to come and shop market on a, on a, a smaller basis. And candidly, I'm not so sure that that boot camp concept wouldn't work well for brick and mortar too, because there's a lot of small and medium sized brick and mortar uh, retailers who are uh, just don't want to put up with the, with the hassle and the crowds and, uh, and all of that on a, a normal period of time, and that's exacerbated by the COVID situation. Well, yeah, and on, on your to your points earlier, Tom, I think one of the things that we're we're seeing, um, as, at least with this past market, was that yes, High Point can pull it off with a large event successfully and with uh, minimal kind of disruption, minimal, you know, uh, just dif different protocols in place, different controls. But with these smaller events, and I guess the first uh, first Tuesday will be coming up uh, December 1st. Is that right, pal? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So 
it, it also gives the retailers, it seems like, an opportunity to kind of kind of sharpen the saw in their sort of wheelhouse by being able to maybe develop more, you know, private label exclusive items. You know, they're going to have more time, a little more breathing room. They can kind of come to these events, both retailers and designers alike, at the at sort of at their leisure, you know, and and the fact that um so far, how many are partic- are looking to participate? Um, that could change by next week. But uh, well, uh, uh, after after um, we t- we talked, Tom and I talked this week, and the uh, also touched base with the HPXD folks, and they all they all are, you know, they're all saying they're going to uh, be open for this too. So that gave a big bump. Right now, our list has sixty two people on it, wow. sixty companies, excuse me, and those range from you know, very large um, vendors down to, you know, smaller, of, of course, you know, the HPXD, they're all um, designer oriented. you got brick and mortar focused people. So it's a real broad range. It's kind of like what we're seeing with the, um, with the pre-market that Tom mentioned earlier. You know, there, there were people who had just never opened their doors for anything like that, but Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of different, a lot of different people targeted, a lot of different channels are getting on board with this. Yeah, for sure. What one thing I wanted to ask you, Tom? Um, it, it, you know, you, we talked a little bit about um, high point market authorities' involvement in this. Um, I gotta say, I I can't imagine, you know, the powers that be twenty years ago in high point, you know, jumping in on this type of new you know, you know, testing the waters with this type of um, new concept, um, and you know, for you know, hats off to you guys for you know having an open mind on this. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what the market authority is doing itself to um, you know to see see how this thing might fly? Yeah, um, and thanks for that compliment. Uh, we've got, a, I think, a very good progressive board. Um, you know, and, and we kind of learned the hard way because they had the, the a couple of the multi-tenant buildings tried this pop-up uh, show last June. I think you remember that. Yeah. During pre-market, we got calls, too, from exhibitors who had never been to pre-market. Um, the market authority has developed over the past 20 years a pretty good reputation and a pretty good brand for the high point market. Uh, we're very customer service focused and we can't do that during these small events uh, on the scale that we've been able to do it in the past. But we do feel that, that if we can lend some support to these efforts, um, the support by doing this podcast, as an example, talking to you two guys and making sure that the word is out, that people understand what their opportunities are, um, making sure that uh, now in this COVID period, we're going to give the multi-tenant buildings the same color wristbands. We're going to do the same wristbanding uh, procedure that we did during pre-market and during market so that uh, buyers can feel safe when they come to market. All the safety protocols will still be in place that we had during market. And that's very important. Um, And we helped to put together a coalition of of building owners and, and obviously the county and the state to make sure that all those procedures made sense. So we're going to continue with that effort. Um, you know, I hope that that if this really grows and there's some opportunities on a post-COVID basis, 
Um, I don't see us ever having to do badges or anything like that, but, you know, clearly we might be able to do some, run some shuttle buses um, to allow people to move around High Point a little more easily. We have offered the services of our concierge. We have a very good concierge service. We outsource that to a small um, travel agency. So the guy that runs that and his team will be able to do hotel bookings. We'll be able to do air travel. They'll make, they can do dinner reservations. They can do rental cars, whatever people, people need. Um, as I say, we just want to protect the brand of High Point. We want to be very service oriented for the entire industry. Um, and we want to make sure that the information flows consistently to as many of the markets as uh, segments as possible. Um, you know, I mentioned before, this is not a homogeneous market. This whole effort may not be right for every exhibitor. We understand that. It may not be right for every buyer. We understand that. Uh, folks are very busy, but if we can make sure that the communication is targeted, is accurate, is very succinct, um, that would be important. I mean, we learned that lesson the hard way at market. I mean, you guys knew, I, I talked to you, we had people telling folks that uh, the October market was canceled and they had no reason. You didn't say it, we didn't say it. You know, the rumor mill in this industry, un un unfortunately, can be devastating. So, you know, a big part of our effort is just to make sure that the communication is crystal, crystal clear and we thank you for helping us do that. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Trisha again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. Yeah, we're, we're definitely glad to help communicate the message um, in a timely, accurate, manner for sure, because I think it helps the whole industry. Um, but I'm curious, Tom, with, with these events, whether it's High Point by Design or First Tuesday, you know, obviously um, kind of enhancing the High Point brand, bringing people into town perhaps more frequently. What, what effect, if any, do you see on the actual April and October markets themselves. Does this in any way, shape, or form keep attendance at those events? I guess it's kind of hard to tell right now. And, and if so, I mean, at the this, I think this subject came up at the market authority meeting where you know the the funding for High Point from state, um, you know, the state of North Carolina, I think if, if I heard correctly, is is partly based on on attendance. So, how does this all kind of play out in terms of um, market attendance and the impact on the, the the big events? Sure, sure. That's 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 absolutely the right question to ask. Uh, first of all, yes, you're correct. Um, the, we do the economic impact survey every four or five, six years, something like that. And there's no regular schedule, but we try to do it regularly. Of the $6.37 billion of economic impact, $4 billion of that are, are home furnishing sales that would not have occurred except for market. But the balance of that is all um, attributable to running a market. So that includes everything from exhibit sales to fixing up your, your uh, uh, showrooms. And, and, and then a, lot, a large part of that is travel and entertainment dollars that are spent getting to High Point. And, and while you're while you're here, whether you're in a hotel or a private home rental and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, so during COVID, uh, pre-market really hurt us because a lot of people who would normally have, I think, come to market came to pre-market. They felt safer and because it was smaller. Um, they were afraid that pre-market, that, that market wasn't going to happen. In some cases, they wouldn't have come to market, but they came to pre-market because they felt safer, you know? So I think post-COVID, though, um, we don't see that same challenge. The history with with pre-market, and I think, Paul, you know this very well, is that 90, I think it's 96% of the companies who have come to pre-market over the years, these are the invited guests, came back to market. So we have good history that 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 says that that at least in the case of pre-market, uh, it really didn't hurt market and it helped the business of those exhibitors who were participating in pre-market. We believe that that same attitude will 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 hold forth. I mean, I I, I can't imagine a buyer saying, and I don't care how many people will get, how many companies rather we will get uh, at these off-market events. Let's say we swell to a hundred or 125 or whatever or even the 326 that we got for pre-market. I can't believe that any buyer over time would say that's good enough when we have 15, 18, 2000, you know, 1500, 1800 or 2000 companies at market. The, 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 the great thing about market is, is the diversity of product and, 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 and offerings that are there. So, um, you know, during COVID, these things may hurt. Post-COVID, I think they will help. And long-term, I think they will help for, for this industry to sort of, or parts of this industry to, to figure out how they're going to deal with their customers. I mean, let's face it, this is not about anything other than the sellers doing whatever they can to help reduce the friction in their doing business with their customers. That's what it's all about. The customers don't want it, it won't happen. If the customers want it, it will and can happen. And we want to be a part of that. I guess that's about, you know, all I'm uh, trying to say here. Yeah, one thing that strikes me, and this is not a question, more of a, you know, outside looking in observation, but, you know, most most retailers, most designers, they have a core group of vendors that they like to do business with. And, um, you know, it strikes me as this these types of off-market activities could actually, you know, help them kind of nail down some things with their with their core group, but maybe during market, give them time to explore some other, you know, some other categories, um, other vendors, um, maybe go a little deeper with some of the people, do a little bit more exploring maybe than they would have time to if um, otherwise. Paul, I, th- I think you've read our playbook because that's exactly what we tell buyers in, 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 in that, um, you know, you, you've got to leave time when you come to any market, when you go to any trade show, you've got to start with your existing relationships, but then leave time to look around and, and see what you might be missing. Uh, so you're absolutely spot on. And I, I think that, that for us in conversations we've had with buyers, when we do a lot of focus groups and a lot of surveys, they complain that they don't have time during market to do the exploration that they know they have to have to do. So to your to your point, I, I think you're spot on. If they can see some of their regular vendors on an ongoing basis uh, off market time, then they have more time to explore when they show up for market. And that's good for everybody. Everybody wins that way. I'm, I'm just kind of following up on that on that theme. Um, 
have you had any conversations with um, retailers and designers or have you had a, this is all still pretty new, but have you, have you heard any feedback yet from the, you know, from the buying community um, on these developments? No, um, not this. I have to, I have, well, in the case of the showroom association, that's a 40 year history and, and they've got a very good history there. They wish they would have more attendance, obviously, but they've got a very good history of designers coming to see them. Uh, High Point by Design is a brand new organization. So they're kind of flying that they have no history here. So they're flying blind somehow, but they, they understand the value of, of working together. And, and so they're hopeful. Um, and I have to take, the four or five companies that I was aware of that were in, that were very um, instrumental in getting the first Tuesday effort off the ground, that they've already reached out and talked to their customers and their customers are coming. I mean, I wouldn't, I just don't believe that this would have ever gotten any legs at all if they hadn't gotten some preliminary commitments from customers. And I see those commitments just in, increasing as time goes on. Maybe we should ask the, the question here, can we define between First Tuesday and High Point by Design? That may seem like a silly question, but I think there are some folks out there that may not exactly know what each one means necessarily. Yeah, and 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 Tom, I, I would be remiss if I didn't include the High Point Showroom Association, which is the third organization here. So, yeah. um, and, and we cannot say exclusively but First Tuesday is primarily targeted for um, brick and mortar retailers and the uh, showroom association and High Point by Design is primarily targeted for designers, but all three groups have come together and are sort of testing this concept on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that is December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and, and the First Tuesday moniker stuck. So each of them has their own sub um, uh, theme. For example, High Point by Design is called Cool Yule, and they're they're actually open the first through the fifth. Uh-huh. And the Showroom Association is doing a one day event on Wednesday the second. Um, but you know, generally speaking, and and, and we're going to do some outreach to designers and to uh, retailers east of the Mississippi because this is a, a drive in kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be able to explain that clearly um, in our material, both uh, in terms of our emails and some press releases and some social media. And thanks to you guys, this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for for helping explain that, Tom. I think there's some folks out there that may not. This helps definitely clarify. I appreciate that. Good point, Tom. Um, One thing, we're talking about impact and um, the economic impact of this. Um, It's you know, potential um, benefit for the High Point Market Authority. Um, do you have, is there any way that you're looking to maybe measure that impact? I know you have your concierge service through the travel agency. They can help track. Um, are there, are you going to be, what, what are some of the measurements that y'all are exploring? I know it's new, so it might kind of, you know, play as it goes, but um, what are you thinking along those lines? Well, Paul, that is, wow. Um, that's my biggest concern right now is how do we measure it? it, it I mean, I think December will be anecdotal. Uh, we've got commitments from people to confidentially share some of the customers that they've seen, but that's not 
universally held across all the participants. Um, but I'm really worried about that because I would I would love to do a couple of things. I would love to know the companies that came and be able to include that in our database so so they get whether I, I'll use the word credit, but it doesn't really mean anything. But I mean, when we look back over the course of a year, we can say ABC company came four times or five times to high point. That's that's important. Um, and then it helps with our economic impact story. But I think also just being able to deliver our, our messaging when, when we recoup for, for market, being able to acknowledge these folks have come to high point and to thank them for that. And, and if there's some way that we can reward them by maybe opening the registration a little earlier for them or doing something to, uh, to, to tell them that we really appreciate their recognition of high point as a destination that works for them. I think that that's all critical. But yeah, um, I'm a little concerned because I'm a kind of ROI kind of person and there is no ROI for our efforts for the December uh, first Tuesday effort other than anecdotal. And we know how that what kind of trouble that can get you. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tom, are you able to collect data from the pre-market um, as, as a model for this uh, process? Tom, yeah, you're spot on with that. Uh, what we've, what, 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 and I, I haven't seen it because they're still collecting it, but um, all of the, one of the conditions of being a sponsor of pre-market is that when, a, not, not individuals, but when a company signs in to your showroom that you record that they're there, and then all of those go back to a central repository and the actual customers are not shared, but then they share among themselves the number of visits that people had so that they can all say that, that on an ROI basis uh, that it was worth the money that the pre-market sponsors you know, uh, spent. Some, some pre-market sponsors see a lot. Some pre-market sponsors don't see quite as many. But everybody keeps coming back, so I assume they see the right people, you know, because it isn't oftentimes it isn't uh, the number of people you see, but who you see, you know, uh, that becomes very important. Sure. So in direct answer to your question, uh, if they were as diligent with this past pre-market as they've been in the past and they've been really good, we'll have a really good idea, I think, of many, many of the non-invited um, buyers who showed up at pre-market and went to the sponsoring companies because they do business with them, you know? So we would have a pretty good sense coming, uh, coming out of pre-market who was here, but it, it isn't a hundred percent because we're only looking at 20 companies who are reporting vis-a-vis yeah. -vis 326 who I wish we, I wish they would report, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's a good insight. Well, um, Tom, uh, we, we want to thank you again. Um, again, uh, you've been listening to the Home Front with um, our special guest Tom Conley, President and CEO of the High Point Market Authority. Um, Tom, this has been a, been a great discussion, and um, seems like every time we have a guest like yourself on here, it keeps getting better. Well, I know I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people will. Get some insight from this, and and we we certainly congratulate you and the Market Authority for your leadership and kind of working together with these different events to kind of make High Point um, 
stronger and more meaningful, not just to the exhibitors, but just to the whole industry. Uh, and thank you both for your partnership. We've enjoyed it over these many years, and you guys have been great in helping us get the word out and challenge us when we needed to be challenged. So thank you. Right. Thanks a lot, Tom. Really appreciate it. Yes, thanks. And uh, we look forward to hearing more, more uh, interesting developments with this. Again, uh, you've been listening to The Home Front with special guest Tom Conley of the High Point Market Authority. Again, thanks for, for listening, and we'll see you all the next time. Take care. Thank you.